This morning on the Morning Jam, we are welcoming CBS correspondent Wendy Gillette. There are new accusations against the freshman House Republican George Santos, and she's going to fill us in on the latest of those. Yeah, the latest development in New York Republican Representative George Santos's web of lies to fall apart is that he has always maintained that his mother was there in the South Tower of the World Trade Center on 9-11. The New York Times is reporting after reviewing immigration documents that his mother, Fatima DeVolder, wasn't even in the country on 9-11. She left for Brazil in June 1999 and has not had not returned since then. The paperwork says her green card had been stolen in Brazil. Santos had also claimed the attack took his mother's life. But then there was uh, different information on Twitter that had also said that she had survived the events on September 11th but had passed away a few years later when she lost her battle to cancer. There had already been lies, of course, about his financial dealings, his academic history, his work background, which Santos had admitted. But this is a new part of the history. Uh, the story and will be particularly disturbing to New Yorkers who lived through the horror of 9-11. Right. Someone to lie about a, a relative being there that day, escaping the tower, and, and then it turns out it, she wasn't even there. And then that different information on Twitter of her saying that she she survived and uh, she died, then she survived. Oh, you know, he, he just he can't seem to, he couldn't even keep his story straight on, on Twitter. He had also said he lost four employees at the Pulse nightclub shooting in 2016. There's no evidence that's been proven that that actually happened. And, and he had also said previously his grandparents survived the Holocaust in right. Ukraine, but his grandparents were apparently born in Brazil. And that also brings us to another accusation where he has started multiple GoFundMe accounts, uh, many yeah, times I mean, using just- a Jewish name. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't stop with this with this representative, and and it's just, what is it going to take, honestly, for for him to, uh, to to leave his position at this point? I I can't. I first of all, I can't believe that he hasn't already. Uh, it never it never ceases to amaze me what happens on on both sides of the aisle, quite honestly. But this one is this is taking it to a whole new level i mean this sounds like things that you would make up about someone um like it's so bad you would think it would have to be made up a a a wounded veteran you're starting a gofundme raising money for a dying dog and then you take the money i mean that's horrible it's like the worst (laughs) yeah exactly yeah this one is uh took three thousand dollars from a dying dog's gofundme veteran say uh, it's, it's just it's just incredible. Uh, two New Jersey veterans claiming that he uh, promised to raise funds for surgery for uh, dogs in uh, 2016, and then apparently took off with the money. So yeah, this is just the latest string in in many many different stories. So it's, right. at this point, you just have to ask what what's it going to take. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe after he signs on for that new sitcom, because that's what his life <laughs> is starting to look like now, isn't it? Oh, my that's word. Incredible. Yeah, it incredible. is. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And uh, you won't be bored covering this story, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it seems like every day a, a new story. Yeah, well, that's sure. right. For CBS sure. correspondent Wendy Gillette joining us this morning on The Morning Jam. Thank you, Wendy. All right, sure. Yeah. So uh, He might be on Impractical Jokers. You know, that shows films in New York.
I don't. I think he's too much even for impractical jokes. I was gonna say they just tell him what he has to claim, and if he he says no, then he gets punished. So. Oh, he needs to be punished, and and of course now, the the story about him being a drag queen that's dropped in Reuters now. Oh, so, so that might be so, actually true. So before there was in kind of like eh, I don't know that well I don't know that that's going to be now it's in Reuters, uh, where it shows he competed as a drag queen in Brazilian beauty pageants. Uh, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, the embattled freshman congressman is also ca- called to face calls to step down over fabrications about his career and his history. A 58-year-old Brazilian performer befriended the now congressman when he was cross-dressing in 2005 in a suburb of Rio de Janeiro. Three years later, he competed in a drag beauty pageant in Rio. And let me just say, he was pretty stunning. <laughs> I mean, as drag queens go. I'm Ashton Kutcher. Welcome to the latest episode of Punked. I know. That's, that's what <laughs> it like, feels it's... like. It absolutely feels feels like that. This feels like a TV, like the um, greatest comedy ever made. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, he won because he was the first openly gay Republican. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons yeah. that that he did well. And probably why they turned a blind eye. If this had been anybody else, they would have been like, no freaking way are we going to let you in to, to even run for this position. Um, yeah. Uh, he backed Florida's Don't Say Gay bill, which prohibited classroom discussions um, and responded in October to criticism of his support, saying, I'm openly gay. I've never had an issue with my sexual identity in the past decade, clearly. And uh, and I can assure you I will be an advocate for LGBTQ folks. That's the one thing he's saying the truth about. Maybe. Maybe maybe so. It just makes you wonder what is what is going to come out next. I mean, we, we've already got the kick in the puppy and the lying about... Uh, the, so we got the uh, the Jewish thing going on. We got lying about our education. We, I mean, there's very little left. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. He's going to claim he knows Hi. this guy next. It <laughs> could be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, watch it there. <laughs> so what do you well, think about, about all this? Sa- well, let's talk about liars in politics. I mean, Santos probably should be kicked out. But if that's the standard for kicking someone out for lying, let's run down some of President Magoo's lies. Well, look, he's just we? terrible at it. His, you know, at least yeah. President, at least President Biden, at least, well, he's got some pretty terrible ones too. He's here lately. Well, he's been telling some it. that are are pretty easy to track down. Agreed. Yeah. Well, let's see some of them. His son died in Afghanistan. Not right. true. Right. Raised in a Hispanic neighborhood. Not true. Right. Rode a million and a half miles on a train and got a, gave an award to a guy that hadn't worked on the train for, what, 20 years and was dead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Purple uh, heart to his dead uncle. <laughs> young at the request father. of his dead father, yeah. Dead father, give his dead uncle Purple Heart that he no evidence he, he earned. Mm-hmm. He was a truck driver, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was also yeah. raised, yeah, he was also raised in a black church. He was arrested with Mandela. He fought corn pop. Right, right. And one of his worst ones was um, 
when he he said that his wife was was killed by a drunk driver. All that was a lie. Right when she pulled out in front. Right when she pulled out in front of the trucker. Right. And tried to get the trucker to lose his job and his career and make him feel horrible about and, it. When and he wasn't. Fault. And he wasn't drunk. Nor was it his fault. No. He's right. perpetuated well, that saying, lie for decades. Right. So if we're going to ha- again, let's not have a double standard here. If we're going to rail on Santos on CBS News, how terrible he is, and that woman you just had need to be talking about Biden's lies, how terrible he is, and how he should resign. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying at least Biden was able to hide his for a while. I mean, this guy didn't even even try. (laughs) Right. Well, hide them. I mean, come on. I just read off how many just top, top of my head, and if you just research You'll probably find a hundred more. So he tries to hide them. He only, he's only able to hide them because the media is so in the bag for liberals that they hide it for him. Now that they want him out, they're letting some of these things come out to disparage him and you know get him out of office because they want the other one in office. I don't know why. I, I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of crazy stuff going around right now. That's for well, my, sure. My son and I have come up with this is what's probably going on. The Democrats with this hiding... Uh, having a top secret documents where he shouldn't have them mm-hmm. is being let out by the Democrats to make it so that he can keep that out of office. But they waited until after the midterm. So the Republicans are in charge so they can go the Republicans into starting impeachment proceedings. Then it look, and then they'll have to say, well, it's so bad. We have no choice, but to go along with our colleagues on the right side of the aisle but it'll look like it's the Republicans that said it all, it's the Republicans that impeach Biden, it's the Republicans that ran him out of office, and that'll play into their 2024 campaign. Well, I, I really do believe that the Dems are in on this whole thing because it's going oh, yeah, down way it, too but, easy. Right, they're orchestrating it, but the Republicans have to be careful not fall for it be their puppets again. They want to use the Republicans as a fall guy when they run, by, since we have the House now, it would be the Republicans that would start impeachment proceedings. Then it would look like, oh, it's those silly Republicans that just went after Biden for no reason. And, but <laughs> we went along because there was enough bad things. And right. Let's use that 2024. See what they did? Now you need to keep a Democrat in this president. So, Well, I think, I think we'll know soon goal. enough, don't you? Yeah, I think the Republicans ought to not fall for it and just not impeach Biden. Make him our useful idiot for the next two years. <sighs> so painful dale thanks for calling this morning (laughs) when we come back we're going to be talking with faith tal she's from mission thrift a new consignment shop that's in the area that's really given back to the community we've got that on the way on the morning jam The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Jam. We are here to talk about thrifting and somebody who is uh, taking thrifting to a whole new level and is new to the Lynchburg area is Mission Thrift. We have Faith Towles with us this morning and we're so glad you're with us this morning, Faith. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here, and it's tolls, so I'll go ahead tolls. and set that oh, straight. Sorry. But it's it's great to be with you all. It's it's wonderful to have uh, have you on this morning to tell us a little bit about how you guys are doing thrifting a little bit different there on uh, yeah. Bedford Avenue. 
Yeah, so our name is what we do, Mission Thrift. We are a thrift store, but we have an incredible mission behind it. We're being launched by two nonprofits here in the Lynchburg community, mm-hmm. Fourth Outreach and Freedom 424. And additionally, we'll be giving back to about 10 other nonprofits here in the Lynchburg community this year in 2023. So we're sustainable. We're merging, you know, uh, nonprofit work with business, the business model of thrifting um, to create more uh, resources for the organizations that we're giving back to. Well, thrifting is more more, um, popular than it's ever been. Uh, right now I've always kind of, mm-hmm. kind of been into that that type of thing but it seems now that younger people are getting into it they're understanding about how wasteful it can be um, to just toss clothing that you're not wearing anymore shoes handbags you know uh, and and a lot of people are seeing the value for for our world really when it comes yeah. to thrifting yeah it's really a win-win because thrifting you know you can find discounted goods that you will you know, obviously get goods at a reduced cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, you know, uh, we're able to um, not put things in the landfill by thrifting, right? By having great thrift stores in our communities, we're able to, uh, you know, serve our community by putting less in the landfill. So even for us, as we get an insurmountable amount of donations, we can't possibly put everything out on the on the sales floor because we just don't have enough space for all that we get. And so we actually partner with a, uh, a clothing and textile recycler that uh, compresses it down and partners with uh, more countries that are in, in more urgent need of mm-hmm. things. Um, and so they, they keep things out of the landfill. We partner with them, and they actually give us a kickback per pound of what we give to them. So that's a win-win as far as, you know, helping our community and our landfill let alone, like you said, I mean, um, you know, younger generations, we have, you know, high schoolers and college students coming in. And actually, a lot of, um, you know, the older generations come in. That's even, I would say, even more of our customer base. You know, they've been thrifting and finding deals for years. For a long so they time. come in several time, times a week to look for what things we've put out. So it's really cool because it's really uh, a wide variety of generations. It's not just females. We have a lot of guys that come in sure. um, as well. So it's really, thrifting is really not just for one age demographic or gender. It's it's really cool to see how the it, it can touch, you know, all the different demographics and um, and ages and stages of life. So we love, we love that part of it. So Mission Thrift, your storefront is on Bedford Avenue and yes. your, um, when are you open? So we are open Wednesdays to Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and people can shop and donate during those times. So we have a list of items that we accept on our website, themissionthrift.org, and so people can, you know, uh, interact with us. Most people bring donations and then come in and shop and kind of replenish. It's kind of funny. They drop off stuff but then come in and shop. Right. So let's talk about, let's talk about that for, for a little bit because I, I will, having volunteered for some thrift shops in the past, um, I know that there are some people who kind of use it as an opportunity to just clean out their house. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that creates more work than it does more good for the organization. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the kinds of things that are genuinely going to help you on your mission. What are the kinds of things that you're looking to get donated? 
Yeah, thank you for asking that. It's a great question because it's true. There's so much work that goes into turning donations over for the sales floor. Right. Um, we have to make sure the clothes are inspected and make sure, you know, we don't want to put out things that have holes or really worn out. We want to put out great items. And so if people are really giving us things that just really honestly need to be discarded, right. um, it makes it a lot more laborious for us. So, yes, clothing that is, you know, very gently used, high-quality, you know, mm-hmm. items, um, and then I, if, you know, any dishware or things like that are chipped, you know, we're not going to put those out. That only frustrates our customers if they, right. you know, get home and they buy a plate and they find that it's chipped. And so we don't want to, that's not good business. So, um, we just ask that you look over the things that you bring and is it something that you would want to buy? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it something that uh, someone else that you know may want to buy? So just really, you know, uh, passing along things to us that are in great condition because it does create a lot more work if we get a lot of trash. <laughs> and some, most of the time people pass us great things, but sometimes we do get a bag and it, it's really, you know, <laughs> it's like, odds and ends. Did and you get confused? And all these things. <laughs> right. It's like, this, this, yeah. So um, we do, we do, that creates a lot more work for our staff and our volunteers. And, and we do, we do welcome volunteers. That's also on our website. Um, to help us be an even greater sustainable project so we can pass along greater resources to the nonprofits that we serve. We have a volunteer culture here so people can come and volunteer with us and help us turn over these great treasures into, you know, um, items for our sales floor. So uh, we welcome that as well for the community to engage with us um, in that way. And we have we have furniture um, that we accept as well. So a little bit limited on that because we're limited on space, but we do right. take furniture that's in great condition. Um, and that, again, is a great service to the community that they can find some furniture that's yes. discounted in comparison to what they would, you know, find at a new place. And a lot of times it doesn't need anything but, you know, just a placement in your home. Sometimes it just needs a coat of chalk paint for you to take home, but you can find some great deals here in the store for furniture as well. So we've talked about the thrift side of it. Let's talk about the mission side of mission thrift. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the, the money that is raised goes to two different organizations. Do I have that right? Well, yes, yes, but also additional organizations. So we're being launched by freedom 424 right. sports outreach. Um, but additionally, we've um, selected 10 other nonprofits that we'll be giving back to, as well um, by the end of our year. And so it's not just those two organizations, but also um, we have several others, Miriam's House, um, Parkview Community Mission, um, trying to remember them. Some of, CASA, uh, the top looks of like CASA have. is one. CASA, yes. Um, YWCA. YWCA, so amazing, and several others, mm-hmm. amazing organizations that are doing great work in our community. And so um one of the ways that we will be giving back to those organizations is each each of them will have a highlight month with us. So, like this month, we are working with the Lampstand, um, and they are our highlight for this month. And so, when anyone checks out at our checkout, they have option to round up, and our roundup for January goes to the Lampstand. And so, each month we'll be having a different roundup. Like next month um, for February, we'll be uh, highlighting Miriam's house, and so our roundup will go to Miriam's house. Um, but then at the end of the year as well, we'll take kind of the net that we make and then disperse some of those funds as well to those nonprofits. It's not just from that roundup, but additionally, we'll be giving back. You know, it's it's the work that's happening with nonprofits here in our community is incredible. The needs are great to serve our community, um, but the nonprofit work that's happening is also very impactful. And so if we have just found that we can take a thrifting model, a business model, and use it to generate 
income for the great work that's happening, it was just a no-brainer to us. And so, you know, and the community's been very just positive and supportive in from, you know, donations to shopping to everything. Everyone's like, well, why wouldn't we want to be a part of this? Exactly. you know, uh, a great way to, to give back. Well, Faith, thank you so much for joining us this morning uh, on the Morning Jam. We really appreciate it. I'll be by to see you really soon. I would love that. All love right. You. Thank you so much. So there are so many different ways that you can become involved, whether you're there shopping, maybe you want to donate, maybe you want to become a volunteer. Uh, there's some great organizations that they're partnering with. If you want to find out more about this organization, the best way for you to do that is to go to themissionthrift.org. So it's themissionthrift.org. There you can find out about giving, volunteering, uh, partnering, so many different ways for you to be a part of it. And uh, we're really excited about them uh, coming into the area and doing the work that they're doing. They're located at 2303 Bedford Avenue in Lynchburg, and they are open Wednesday through Saturday from 9 to 5. So go by and check them out and be a part of the good work that they're doing at Mission Thrift. Coming up, we've got WDBJ7 on the way. We'll take a look at your latest headlines and a look at that forecast, which is a little bit rainy this morning. Happy Thursday to you. Thanks for listening to The Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Few scattered showers today. Clouds linger. Mild, though. Highs of the upper 50s will turn breezy and clear tonight. Look for a low of 40. Sunny skies on Friday as well as Saturday. It's going to be much cooler, though, with highs anywhere from 48 to around 52 degrees. Overnight lows in the upper 20s. And expect another round of rain to arrive on Sunday with highs in the low 40s. Currently, we have 42 degrees in Lynchburg and some fog in the area, 43 and fog in Bedford. It's cloudy in Roanoke and Salem at about 45 degrees, warmer in Danville at 50 with cloudy conditions, 43 in Amherst with some fog, and then 42 in Appomattox. So uh, if you are in those foggy areas, make sure you're being extra cautious and you've got those lights on. Well, last week, we did an interview with a parent from Temple Christian School and uh, parents who were very frustrated about the removal of the principal of Temple Christian School, uh, who I know, uh, Stephanie Sweat, known her for a long time, uh, had children that went to Temple Christian School in uh, an effort to be balanced and fair i did interview some students as well who who thought that that maybe this was a good thing Uh, we talked about that if you missed that interview you can go back into our archives and uh, look it up on soundcloud and hear hear that interview Uh, very frustrated uh, mother and also substitute teacher uh, there in that interview um and and I and, and the night we did the interview or the day the morning we did the interview, uh, they were having a meeting that evening, uh, supposedly to talk to the parents. Uh, Winona Mason uh, was the the woman, the parent that we talked with. Uh, I did follow up with her to ask her about the meeting, 
And she said, and I'm reading from what she wrote me. It was an absolute joke. No more information than we knew before. It breaks my heart. Uh, I feel bad for the children, teachers, staff, parents, and the church members. Um, they, we thought we were going to have answers, but there were none. Now, up until recently, Stephanie Sweat, who was the principal there at Temple, has been very silent. She did break that silence last night in an open letter on her social media. And I thought that I would share part of that with you uh, this morning, because this is really the first time that we've heard from her. Um, I I hope to be able to to actually interview her at some point when she's ready to do that. Uh, In the letter, she wrote that she was going to be very transparent um, especially to those who love me and have been praying for me. She says, I am broken. I've tried to stay strong and upbeat, but I'm bleeding out on my living room floor. The truth needs to be told. As many of you know, I was fired by the pastor of Temple Baptist Church from the love of my life, Temple Christian Church. She says no reason was given. No meeting was held to discuss wrongdoing. No Matthew 18 response. The school has been growing and thriving, which was not a testament to me, but instead the incredible faculty, staff, students, and families. 30 years of ministry at a church I loved and I poured my heart and soul into. Uh, Three people defended my character on the night I was fired. Marty Sweat, who is a deacon, also her husband, John Bethune, and the children's pastor, Pastor Spencer Drake, which as a side note, he has resigned uh, from the church. Um. She was being allowed to finish out the school year and said she was going to try to make the next five months as good as they could be. She said she did let the parents know that she was leaving because they've always trusted her to be transparent. And I asked them to listen to the new director, the new direction. Um, They reverently and respectfully attended a meeting to hear about the new direction and didn't get any answers. They were frustrated. So, now she has started speaking out. Um, she addressed the church members saying, you need to know, you don't have to believe me, you don't have to support me, but you're being deceived. The pastor is not a shepherd. The children are crying. Parents are broken. Teachers are terrified at what's happening. Staff members and church members have left the church wounded. The testimony of Temple has been sullied, and it will take years to recover. I won't be a part of that. She goes on to say um, she's clearing out her desk, clearing out her office. She's been asked to do that. And um, I know that there will again be grown men there to make sure I don't take anything I shouldn't. I have forfeited my severance package with this post. Uh, They told her that they would give her a month's severance if she didn't say anything. She says, I won't take hush money. The truth will set you free, and I am free. She says, we're moving forward to look for a new property and a new home for a new school. I thank you to those of you who have said you will join us. I love your children. I love Christian education. I will not be silent in the face of evil. I will not. So, For those of you who are wondering where that situation stood, that's where the situation stands right now. Uh, Really the first time that she has spoken out about this. So, you know, good for her for for speaking out and 
it, it's it's really a mess because they were such a large part of the community for so long and it really does seem like it's in in very much turmoil right now at a time when the last thing any school needs is uh is turmoil so i hope that good is going to come from that situation but we promised you we would give you a follow-up and we are certainly wanting to do that not great news out of lynchburg the lynchburg police department is saying that four people were shot last night uh, two people seriously wounded injuring two others this happened around 9 30 at the 2300 block of old forest road at timbers apartments and according to the initial investigation police say that two groups opened fire in the parking lot of the apartments it says uh, two people one man one woman drove away from the scene and later called 911 from Lincoln drive that's near joe beans they were taken by Lynchburg Fire Medics to Lynchburg General for treatment for non-life-threatening injuries. The two other men also shot were found at the Timbers apartment scene. They were taken to Lynchburg General with serious injuries. Those two men are now in critical condition. Uh, they say three other people were detained for questioning. No arrests have been made. They do think it's an isolated incident, and they're not seeking any suspects at this time. They say the investigation is ongoing i feel like we're getting more and more of these stories coming out particularly of of lynchburg you know everybody wants to talk about danville and all the the violence that goes on in danville i'm telling you lynchburg we're getting a lot of these stories i'm covering far more than i would like to be covering that's for sure and now we have a story out of Atlanta. We talked about this earlier in the show today um, where there was an officer-involved shooting. And now protesters in Atlanta, Georgia, are calling for violence against police officers and their allies. Now, what does that mean? So police officers and their allies, they're, they're calling it a night of rage for this Friday. They're asking for reciprocal violence to be done to police and their allies. That, according to a Twitter account, which I understand has since been removed, as that certainly doesn't fall under uh, the guidelines of, of Twitter. Breaking news. This is what's currently being played in Atlanta. Seriously. Wait for it. broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned Stop. by the government. You are a terrible person. That's what it's going to be like though. I mean, that could very easily go horribly wrong. They Atlanta needs to get on that. I mean, if they haven't done, well, I suspect they'll do curfews. Here's something don't you that think? that's crazy. I would expect that, but also so the way because of the DeMar Hamlin incident, um they had to cancel that game between the uh, the Bills and the Bengals. Uh-huh. Um, if the Bills win and the Chiefs win on Saturday, they'll oh, play the AFC Championship game, which is a big game, right? Which will probably be the second or third most watched football game of the, uh, or not just football game, watched event of the year in Atlanta. So there's going to be people from Kansas City and Buffalo 
going to Atlanta. So it's going to be a lot of people in Atlanta, not this sun- Sunday, but it could be next Sunday. And they if and if With that's this gonna going to happen, on. they better get this thing well in hand at this point. So they said in a statement that um that they aren't the the that they're not affiliated with the scenes of the Atlanta Forest. They're just passing along the information. Uh, good luck with that. Now, the upcoming event comes after a Georgia State Patrol trooper wearing a bulletproof vest was shot in the abdomen yesterday morning as police tried to clear an encampment near the site where the $90 million Atlanta Police Department facility is going to be constructed. And the suite was conducted as an operation to identify people who are trespassing and committing other crimes on the property. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. But they better take this very seriously because we've seen in other parts of the country how things like this can go down. And they're saying that an individual without warning shot this Georgia State Patrol trooper. And then other law enforcement personnel returned fire in self-defense. And the individual who fired upon law enforcement and shot the trooper was killed in the exchange of gunfire. That's why they're calling for this rebellion, even though they shot first and were killed in. It's amazing to me and and pretty terrifying. So I'll be curious to see how how they follow up with that. We'll keep an eye on that story for sure. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. One thing I want to mention is uh, we're going to be moving this part of Five and Dine a little bit later on in closer to lunchtime starting next week. So uh, we will have that one uh, spread out a little bit more uh, during the the week. But we hope that uh, you are checking out our five and dines and making them lots of you do five and dine brought to you by our friends at fnl market they're on memorial avenue in lynchburg cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day Uh, with this particular soup and it's a good day for soup with all the rain and fog and uh, colder temperatures this is a ravioli soup and it's so delicious you're going to start with a pound of a cheese ravioli or the mini ravioli and a pound of burger. You can also use ground chicken or ground turkey, either one. In a large pot, you're gonna uh, cook that ground beef, break it up into crumbles, season it with salt, pepper, garlic powder, dried basil, and dried oregano. Toss uh, everything together and saute it. Add in two tablespoons of tomato paste, a 28 ounce can of crushed tomatoes, some beef broth, and I like to put a a splash of red wine in there as well. Bring it to a boil, then reduce it to a simmer, and simmer it for about 20 minutes. While it's simmering, you're going to prepare your ravioli in a little bit of salted water, drain it and set it aside. Then you're going to stir in Parmesan cheese into the simmered soup, and you're going to take a serving of the ravioli, put it in the bottom of your soup bowl, top it with the soup, top it with some more fresh parm. Sometimes I'll put some fresh basil on there, uh, and then serve it up with a nice side salad and some crusty bread. Really delicious. It's ravioli soup. Check out that recipe. Go to Facebook. Type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share. Brought to you by F&L Market, where their meats are cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam.
A Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Well, we welcome you to the uh, Morning Jam. We're glad you're here. Keep our numbers handy. 866-916-3776 is our number. You guys have been blowing up the text line this morning. Uh, 434-248-0704. And we always appreciate that. Uh, This is the time of the show where we share you some stories, uh, share with you some stories that aren't, you know, your typical stories. Um, This was probably my favorite one. I wanted to mention this one yesterday and did get a chance to. We've seen some interesting things go through drive-thrus before. We've seen the the camel. Do you remember the camel that walked through the drive-thru? That was fun. Um, a visitor to a McDonald's fast food restaurant in Australia captured the video of a, a horse riding in the back seat of a drive-thru customer's car. He's got his, hung, uh, his head hung out the window, much like Rogan or Buddy uh, would do. And uh, apparently he rides around in the the back of the car a lot. He gets very excited because they go and get an ice cream. Ooh. Apparently on a regular basis. So he Good knows. Know. Yeah. He knows that when he's in the car and they're going through the drive-thru that soon he will, uh, he will have an ice cream waiting for him. So that's kind of fun. Uh, a Michigan man who couldn't remember if he had already purchased a lottery ticket ended up with two identical tickets. And therefore, won two jackpots. Nice. He uh, told Michigan lottery officials he was at the mobile gas station in Stanton, Michigan. And he couldn't remember if he already had a ticket for the Fantasy Five drawing or not. He said, I've been playing it for a long time. I always play the same numbers. He said, I was at the gas station. Couldn't remember if I had purchased it. So I got another one just to be safe. He later determined he had indeed bought an identical ticket. From the Sheridan Easy Mart on South Main Street. (laughs) After the drawing, I was on the website checking the numbers when I saw two locations where winning tickets were sold. I knew I had to be a big winner. But he said the next surprise came when he saw the amount of the prize. I checked my tickets. It confirmed I won, but I thought I had won $55,000 on each. When I called the lottery, they confirmed that both were $110,000 winners. The winner said his prize money will go towards some home renovations and taking care of his family. That's one time that having a horrible memory actually paid off. Yeah, Literally. That, that <laughs> doesn't happen very often, does it? But it paid off at least for him. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, Christmas displays, that was a, a very popular thing. Uh, over the last month and it's come and gone now but two rhode island families are still bringing comfort and joy to their communities the warwick mayor and his loved ones have been decorating their home with thousands of lights that are choreographed you've probably seen them um they're choreographed to holiday music they always invite the public to visit and guests travel to the display from out throughout the state and beyond they set up a donation bin for the tomorrow fund a nonprofit organization that gets emotional and financial support to children who have cancer. Uh, despite some pretty terrible weather, they said the magic of Christmas prevailed. They raised $30,000 between the two initiatives that they were doing. Um, he says that another family also raised funds for the Tomorrow Fund. They were um, uh, in Coventry and they collected over $4,000 which was a good thing. 
and they just wanted to thank everybody for for helping them out anytime i hear things like the tomorrow fund i think of um the one that george made up on seinfeld <laughs> the, the human fund <laughs> I've, a donation has been made in your name to the human fund but this is actually a real one so that's uh you wouldn't think about something like that raising that much money but it did raised a lot of money uh internet is very confused after jamie lee curtis um post and then deleted pictures of her office on instagram but a particular piece of artwork in her photos background is getting most of the attention um they wanted to know why is there a picture of a naked child stuffed in a box hanging on her wall? She deleted the whole thing shortly thereafter. Uh, hanging on the wall is a large photo of a, a kid who looks like they're crammed in a bin. Other posters have located the art and shared a better view of the picture. Apparently a top-down shot of a child sitting in a makeshift pool created out of a plastic storage tub green sandals can be seen on the outside of the tub many social media users were quick to question why that particular art piece was featured some calling it sick and kind of creepy curtis said in her post this is a weird post but i have covid so i don't care um and she told the story about how it ended up um in her office furnished with her beautiful chairs um it wasn't a cheap trick to try to get people to boost my numbers i couldn't figure out how else to get the picture out into the world so i posted it on my instagram you know a lot of people got sick at the golden globe award she was one of them apparently it was quite the spreader uh disease so uh the national desk reached out to give her a chance to explain the artwork why she deleted the post and if she had any other comments probably not probably you shouldn't i'm thinking you shouldn't post things when you have covid or or when you're probably on smart. lots of medications in probably general smart. just don't do that that's my advice to you today that's my final word of advice to you today if you're on a lot of cold medication if you have covid if you're in a particularly crappy i don't care kind of mood Maybe don't post things. That would be a really good idea. Hey, tomorrow is Friday. We're excited about it. We have some uh, exciting things planned for Friday's show. And your Friday funnies, which always makes things just a little bit better. So we look forward to spending Friday with you. Thanks so much for being a part of our radio family. We do appreciate the calls. We appreciate the text. And we just appreciate you in general. So there. See you tomorrow. Have a great day.
You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.